What is going on with Ford Australia? We're about to do a bit of a deep dive into Ford and find out why they can't seem to sell any other models apart from the Everest and the Ranger Ute in Australia. Plus, we've got some piping hot breaking news for you as well. So stick around. Hello and welcome to the Cars Guide podcast. Uh, my name is Tim Nicholson. I am Cars Guide Senior Editor. Um, I am filling in for the wonderful James Cleary for another week. He is on a car launch, which I'm sure he'll be talking about next week, um, but he'll be back in the chair on Friday. Until then, I'm joined by two of our incredible contributors. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Stephen Otley and Byron Matthew Darkus. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks, Tim. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Tom. Always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Great to see some of you here. Um, <laughs> Otley, how's your week been? Great, yeah. Just driving cars and writing about cars. It's, uh, it's basically the same as the week before that and the week before that. For the last you are literally living the dream. 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> Byron, how about you? Busy one? Uh, you know, it's the busy time of the year, really, isn't it? I mean, there's uh, lots of new launches, lots of catch-up over the last couple of years in terms of new model releases, um, as well as, as you said, breaking news here and there and Ooh. everywhere. Ooh, so, it is mm. all happening. Well, I think mm. on that note, we should probably just dive right in because we've got a lot to get through. It's a big topic, um, and we'd love to hear from you. Please comment as as the show is going live uh, right now. We'd love to, to hear any questions you've got or any comments um, particularly about how stunning I look. That would be great. Um, uh, but look, let's jump right in. Ford has got a long history in Australia. You two are both incredibly familiar with that manufacturing um, and, you know, continuing on well beyond Holden, obviously, who have left us. Um, they obviously not as popular a brand as they once were. I think they were number one at different points in their history. Now they're sitting just outside uh, the top five and, you know, th there's a massive reliance on a couple of models being the Ranger and Everest. Um, so I, I want to touch on that, but very quickly in relation to that, uh, Stephen Otley, some, some hot tea from Ford that's just lobbed. What's the news? Well, yeah, the news is, uh, I guess, is, I mean, you'd call it a, a shock announcement. They, they are getting rid of the Fiesta ST and the Focus ST, uh, which is particularly shocking given they're both new models. They're both almost they've almost just landed in showrooms and now they're just landed in the scrap bin, you know. They're, like, getting them out of there as quickly as they come in, I imagine. Yeah. So, you know, Ford's official reason is uh, lack of supply. You mm. know, the semiconductor shortage is, you know, continues to be an issue. Um but, I mean, I think reading between the lines and just looking at it, I mean, you've got to think a lack of demand is also an issue. Um, but it's disappointing, you know. Like, they were never going to be, you know, like Ford's already got rid of every other Focus and Fiestas. They just, they specifically just left the hot hatch variants. Hmm. Um, so you can't expect them to sell 10,000 a year. So to then sort of turn around and go, well, they don't sell that many and we can't get many more, so we'll just get rid of it. Like, it's just, it's just yet another sort of bloat. If you're a real, like... Blue blood, if you really love Ford, it's another sort of, you know, kick in the backside. It really is. By Byron, what do you think that means for the brand? Oh, look, I think it's absolutely myopic for Ford to drop. They are hot hatch uh, icons. Like, they really are. Ford had a hot hatch style small car well before, you know, that Volkswagen cliche GTI thing because, 
you know, you go back to the Escort Mexico and the, and the earlier Escort RSs, which was the focus uh, predecessor uh, globally. Mm. Um, in Australia, we used to have the Laser Sport and the Laser uh, TX3, uh, models like that. Ford has always um, had a sideline of interesting, affordable performance cars. Mm. And for them to abandon this, because this is what they've done, as wholesale as they have, just just chopping off the Fiesta ST and the Focus S, uh, ST lines is really an end of an era. I, I think it's it's a, a slap in the face for enthusiasts. It's it, it, I, if I had a black armband or a headband, <laughs> I'd be wearing it. That is yeah. dramatic, but yes. but appropriate. Not look, being yeah. Uh, do you yeah. guys agree? Like yeah. Look, I think I think the reality is uh, they're brand building cars. They're not. Yeah volume cars and you know i mean as we're about to discuss maybe it it is on brand for ford <laughs> to do this because yeah. yeah i mean it's just i i think the other thing to to temper it because i do agree with Byron, it, it's it's it, it is super disappointing as as for enthusiasts as an enthusiast who enjoys those cars mm. you know the fiesta st i i personally have felt the fiesta st has probably been the best hot hatch on the market since the previous generation, like it was just a, it was simple, but great. Like that's what made it so good. And I think now to lose that is really disappointing, but like I say, to temper it, I I think the reality is the writing is on the wall for those cars anyway. I think Ford Mm. globally and Ford Europe, which I guess looks after them, you know, they don't see that they don't see much of a future in them. So, which is again, you know, maybe Ford's more on the leading edge here because I think if you talk to people in the industry, you know, small cars are are an endangered species. But mm. yeah, it's still it's still disappointing. The timing is is strange, and yeah, I mean, it's yeah, just, look, it's it's bad news. So I just hope that they they or Ford brings in say the Puma ST, which is yeah. like yeah, that could at least have you know brought that to us as as you know, as a as like a as a compensation thing, you know. Um, you know, just to just to keep the brand relevant, like you say, they've yeah. had compact performance cars for a very long time, mm-hmm. and yeah, the market's evolving. So why don't you evolve with it? And, yeah, and, and give hey, us something else. I 100%. agree. I, I just want to say also that this is not only end of an era. It's it's more than that. Ford has had small cars available in Australia since the 1920s continuously. Now, of course, mm. you can argue the Puma ST is a small car, but it's a small crossover slash SUV. Mm. Um, the Fiesta yeah. uh, only started in Australia in 2004, but it replaced the Festiva, which wasn't a great car, but it was still an affordable light car. While the Escort, uh, sorry, the um, the Focus and the light goes back to the laser, which goes to the S, goes back to the Escort, which goes back to the Anglia, which goes back to the Model Y. <laughs> Those are cars that were released pre-war cars, continuously available in Australia. It all ends today with that announcement. So, and yeah. Byron knows that because he was born pre-war. So that's that's how we can we can get that uh, straight from the horse's mouth. Oh, unkind. I know. Um, I know. Me. But look, um, I, more tragedy. No, no. I just reviewed the Fiesta ST. So if you go to carsguide.com.au right now, you can find my review of that car, the 2023 facelifted version. And oddly, what you're saying, like that was 
just one of my favorite cars I've driven in the last couple of years, as was the pre-facelift one when I drove that. And it's, you know, I would put my own money down for this car. Um, it's 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 a real disappointment, but as you say, it kind of goes to a wider discussion, which we'll, we'll get into right now. Um, Gottlieb, you've, you've written a story on yep. this, as, as Byron has as well, uh, that went live last week, talking about um, that issue of relying too heavily, Ford relying too heavily on those cars. So what do you think the problem is with, with that, relying on those two the Ranger and Everest? Well, I guess if I knew the answer to that question, I'd probably go and apply for Andrew Burkick's job as president and CEO. Um, look, I, I think really the story was sort of looking at, uh, and the real question around Ford is, which which today's announcement only amplifies is, what, what else can they do? They have to do something else because, you know, they say in their own, their own reason for you know, Fiesta and, and Focus going is because there's issues with semiconductors and there's issues with supply. The Ford Australia is one, you know, semiconductor shortage, uh, you know, a bad month for semiconductors or shipping, you know, the global supply chain crisis is still a crisis. They're one bad month away. If they don't get a boatload of Rangers, they don't get a boatload of cars. You know, they, yeah. they'll, they'll halve their stuff. I mean, they are more than half their sales. I looked at it. So for the first six months of the year, so half a year sales, 86% of Fords sold were Ranger or Everest. Without Ranger or Everest, they sold less than 4,000 cars. That was That is behind brands like LDV, you know, like that's it. So yes, with Ranger, obviously that's a, you know, you're taking Ranger out of it is a huge thing. It's probably not going to disappear overnight. But without that, you know, that's the context that the Ford Motor Company is in. You know, the Ford Ranger Company is in great health, but the Ford Motor Company without Ranger is a huge question mark. You know, like, you know, like Honda has had, you know, lots of, you know, stones thrown at it over the last uh, 18 months, changing their dealer structure, mm. changing the way they sell cars. They still, they've still sold over 7,000 cars in the same time that Ford, like I say, you know, imagine in a scenario where they don't have Ranger and Everest, yeah. outsold that like sold less than half of what Honda did. So it's just it's just an example of this reliance on one particular platform. You know, the Ranger and Everest, they're mm. basically the same, you know, they're tied together. Um, you know, like what else are they going to do? You know, what else can they sell? You know, now yeah. they've gotten rid of their small cars. Puma and Escape was supposed to be this, a, this kind of idea, this looking at this story came from even sort of, I guess, during back in 2020, looking at it when Puma and Escape were new, you know, I sort of raised the point like, look, this is this is the opportunity for Ford here. These are new cars, you know, are Puma and Escape class leading? No, but they're not, they're certainly not at the bottom of the table there, and they, which is where they, they're at the, really at the bottom of the sales charts. They deserve to be selling better mm. and they don't, you know, they just can't yeah. sell anything that isn't a Ranger or an Everest. And to your point, it, like we remember a few years ago, I think it was 2011, the floods in Thailand. Was it 2011? Mm -hmm. Anyway, however many years ago. Now all of these utes and SUVs, a lot of them are built in Thailand. The impact that that had on manufacturing in that region was massive. Yeah. So God forbid there's another natural disaster of any kind yeah. in Thailand, which is known for them, then they're kind of screwed a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Yes, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, I agree with Evie Otley there. Um, I think that um, I, I feel that Toyota, you look at the Toyota example. Um, yeah. Uh, look, I, I'm going on 2021 full sales years. Um, yeah. Ford, 
Everest and Ranger combined were 82% last year. Toyota yeah. combined, when, when you look at Toyota's Hilux and Fortuna combined sales, that only made up just a little over 25% of their total sales. Yeah. I mean, but- that is, um, that's how it should be done. And historically, Ford used to do it right because in the 80s when they were number one in Australia and the Falcon was the best-selling car in this country, um, they still had the Laser at number three or number four and the Telstar at number seven or number eight. They were passenger cars that yeah. uh, supported um, uh, the, the the best-selling car or its best-selling model and were fallbacks when the best-selling model had a bad month. Yeah, As you said, if there's just one bad month, they are uh, down yeah. the gurgler. There's just, it, it's just, I mean, again, I'm not the CEO. I'm not a CEO of any mm. company uh, apart from Otley Incorporated. You know, putting all your eggs in one basket does not make good business sense. Yeah. You know, it just, you know, you look at Toyota. Toyota's strength is they have high-selling models in basically every segment of the market. That's why they're far and away the leader. But you look at Mazda, Mazda don't just sell CX-5s. You know, mm. Hyundai doesn't just sell Tucson's or Santa Fe's. They have a variety of models that have appeal. You know, mm. and you look at, I mean, a brand yeah. like Hyundai is probably a great example. And Mazda, they have reduced their product offering in recent years, mm. but they're still selling in, in, in significant volume and they don't have all of their sales centered around one yeah. particular variant. You know, and yeah. that, that's where that's what worries me about Ford. Oh, and by it's, the way, just speaking of Hyundai, I mean, they don't even have a U in the market yet. And what is good? Imagine when when they come in and what mm. that effect will well, have on. That, well, that's that's the other that's the other thing, right? You say you know there's a new Hilux just around the corner. Now I'm not saying that the you know the I think the new Range is a great great Ute. You know we've all, mm. I think we've all driven it. It's a great Ute. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't keep selling in significant volume. But there's you know the Amarok's going to come out. The the Hilux there'll be a new Hilux in the not too distant future. Yeah, Kia and. Hyundai would probably have a, a, a one-ton in the not to mention Navara and Triton too. Navara yeah, and Triton. So next, so. there's mm. no, there's no like you know Ranger was not a huge seller, you know, a generation or two ago, was it? Like it was, mm. you know, that was a it only really exploded in popularity when the previous generation came out ten years ago. So yeah. you know things change. You know, yeah. yeah, who's to say that the new Hilux isn't just amazing and sucks in half of Ford's buyers, you know? Yeah. So I just think as a brand, they need to look to diversify. Yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting because like we've all probably spoken to speaking of the CEO, um, Andrew Burkich, they don't seem to have a problem with this. They don't seem to see having this one golden goose as an issue. They're just like, sure, we don't care. Like yeah. we're selling a truckload of these things. Um, it's, it's not a problem. So whether that's just really good PR spin or they actually are genuinely like, that's fine. And we've actually got a, a comment. Um, uh, Chris, who has talked about um, Ford dealers. So Ford dealers were very unhappy until the Ranger and Mustang came along. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, before, you know, when, you know, Falcon obviously was in, you know, terminal decline before it was put out of its misery. The territory, the territory, ironically, was a good car, but, you know they've been in they've they've struggled to to sort of sort of sell more than one car at a time they're not really mm. multitaskers forward they yeah. can only really focus you know pardon the pun on yeah. one particular model <laughs> like it was falcon it was and now it's it's ranger that's what it seems to be you know and yeah. i think and to be honest i think that is belittling ford like you mm. know it, it's harsh they they i'm sure they're more than capable of selling one more than one car at a time 
but they just don't. They just mm. they just seem to be. I don't know. There just seems to be a, a problem there somewhere along the line that is stopping them from maximizing their potential. Yeah, I think um, Byron, for- you you're like um, you you're, you've written a story that is going to be going live. If you're watching the podcast live, check back tomorrow. Byron's story on Ford will be going live. Then, if you're watching it after the fact, then go to the site now. It is live. <laughs> you talk about this historically in relation to Holden in your article. That's right. So. Um- there are precedents here, and uh, in history, they've you know you've you've seen smaller brands over rely on a car, and when they go um, when they go bust, then the, the brands go bust. I mean, the Mini in the sixties, when that when that ran out of steam, you know, basically Leyland disappeared. But I mean, Holden, Holden uh, relied too heavily on the Commodore, uh, and before that, the uh, the Kingswood, and before that, the Special and the Premier. Um, and even though they did have a strong supporting lineup at times, and even to the end they had you know, Colorado coming through, and um, and the Captiva was fairly popular. The car, the car company was always known as the Commodore Car Company. Well, particularly um, you know from the eighties onwards, and that is a lesson for Ford to heed because um, Holden once. Uh, they put. They seem to put all their eggs in uh, in, the, in the Commodore basket, starting with the VE Commodore when they made the decision in the early two thousands. Look, we're going to export this car. We're going to have all these different variants. Some a lot we we, we didn't see there was going to be an SUV variant. There was going to be um, all drive variants. There was going to be a Monaro replacement based on the Commodore Coupe, which came uh, which was previewed as a concept car. And I think in 2007 or 2008, but they all that, that all disappeared because large car sales dried up because of SUVs. And then the global financial crisis hit and uh, the export market suddenly vanished. There was no Pontiac to take Holden product. Chevrolet was crippled and GM went um, to Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Those things were outside Ford's, uh, Holden's control in the 2000s. They were left with a car that they overinvested in in a market that was diminishing. Mm. The writing was on the wall. At, look, we're going to give Ford some credit here because mm. um, Ford was kind of going to go down that route in the late 2000s. They were going to develop a new rear drive platform that was going to pin an American large car and the next generation Mustang uh, that ended up being the 2014 Mustang. But uh, it, uh, they... Ford saw the writing on the wall. They decided, no, we're, not, we're going to cancel this this platform. And Ford Australia instead is going to develop the T6 Ranger platform. And mm. that, of course, saved Ford Australia as far as I'm concerned. Holden had no such luck. I think General Motors left them out to dry. And by 2020, the plug was pulled. Commodore sales uh, uh, evaporated. And when they thought they could put a Commodore badge on the Opel Insignia, to uh, you know, in a car, in a car that was front wheel drive and four cylinder with an all wheel drive uh, option, of course, and a V six engine option as well. Australians just went, no, nah, that's not a V eight, yeah. that's not a Ute, that's not rear drive. Forget it, that's an. But imposter. they also did, yeah, they also yeah. didn't want it. It was a sedan in an SUV world. You know, mm-hmm. it was not. You're right. I mean, look, Ford, Ford, you know, got the timing right, and mm-hmm. and the Utes are the Utes are running hot right now. But things yeah. change, right? Like mm-hmm. th- that's sort of the point is. You know, if, if we'd have said 10 years ago that, you know, one of Ford's biggest sellers would be a $70,000 plus <laughs> high-performance off-road focused ute, mm. you'd probably look at us like we had two heads. Yeah. But it's great. But, I mean, 
you know, there's no guarantee that in 10 years that's what people are going to want to buy. You know, we're seeing a flood of electric cars come in. It may be that, look, maybe, yeah, we're seeing governments finally start to act in Australia and and change. So put in again, put in all your eggs in one particular basket just doesn't just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. from a from a business point of yeah. view. Yeah, and it's the rich model mix that you mentioned that you didn't um, that needs to be pointed out yeah. as well. Ford makes a lot of money on those Wildtracks and Raptors and yeah. um, Everest Titaniums and Platinums that they sell. Yeah, or, or they get orders for, but you know that will that will really um, affect the bottom line once yeah. once uh, they they start falling from popularity or you know new arrivals come in and you know the the spotlight is um, is shone away from these cars because that will be. Eventually happen because that's mm. just the way fashion works and it's the way you know the market works. So I think mm. as well we need to like you know I don't want this to be like a forward bashing exercise because I think we can all agree that what they've done in Australia um, and the expertise that has gone into the this entire program is phenomenal and we should be proud as a country that we kind oh, yeah. of have this capability there and as we've all said like. I've not driven the new Ranger. I believe it's very good. The previous one was like segment leading, really. Um, Tim, it's the best. I think it's the best truck in the world. Don't say yeah. truck. Don't say truck. Well, it's the best you. It's the best pickup. It's no, whatever. He's tr- truck. He's getting, the Ameri- he's getting the American audience. No, but it is. But you know what? It's great. It's a motor frame chassis yeah. truck with a bed on the back. It's yeah. a truck. Yeah. I agree with Byron. I think it's fantastic. It's and a I, bloody truck. Yes. Yeah. And you're yes. right. Like, and I look, I think the thing that the thing I think that frustrates me mm. when I look at this is the fact that Ford has bet great cars. You know, yeah. Ford has these options that they could potentially get to, right? Like, I mean, the look, the Fiesta and, and Focus, it's a shame they're going, but cars like the one behind me, the back here, where are we, where it's are a Bronco. Here? Bronco Sport. Yes. That's a Bronco Sport. <laughs> Now a lot of the hype is around Bronco and the comeback of Bronco and Bronco's great and it's and it's it's a cool thing, but I you know I was bent went to America this year saw the things in the metal for the first time. The Bronco Sport is fantastic. The Bronco Sport yeah. is the car they need. You know the Bronco Sport is a compact SUV that's funky. It's different. It's I mean, but it's basically it's it's you know it's got a Bronco name, but it's really like. More like a Kia Seltos rival, you know. Are you or, saying it's or, an escape in drag? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, it's it almost, is an escape in drag. Well, mm. yeah, but it's, it's I would argue it's probably a size between. It would probably actually slot, and it does in America. It slots neatly between Puma yeah. and Escape. It gives you a, a three model SUV, small SUV lineup with with a point of difference. You know, no one really sells that right since previous mm. since the X Trail went you know, into a more like lost softer. sort of chunkiness and became mm. more of a soft rotor. Mm. No one really sells them, but I think there is an argument to be made. I mean, you look at the popularity of things like the new Defender, people do like a tough SUV. Yeah. They want something yep. a bit different, mm. you know, like Ford has other cars like, you know, dare I say Mustang Mach-E, you know, like that is an exciting car. Like that has huge potential in Australia. You know, they already built that in right-hand drive. Now, Ford Australia hasn't confirmed it. I think it's probably it's probably a pretty good chance it's coming here in the not-too-distant future. And so maybe that helps turn the brand around. You know, certainly having, uh, you know, the new Mustang, which is coming in September, we'll see in mm. September, and then I assume it'll come here sometime next year, hopefully. Um, look, that's great. That'll be two yeah. two great new models that, a, that Ford could have. Um, because, but right now they need that. Because right mm. now, you know, 
like it's they're really the irony is you know I, I wrote a piece again for cars guide sort of say suggesting that ford has this option with stuff like bronco and bronco sport and and even like the maverick use um to really position themselves as ford you know the adventure brand mm-hmm. uh you know the adventure lifestyle brand you know give themselves a point of difference and, and instead they're becoming the Ford commercial vehicle company, you yeah. know, like, cause, the, cause, you know, you know, Byron and I were, were, were talking to, to Andrew Berkey at Ford and said, you know, the next big model he's really excited about is transit. You know, transit is the, is the future. And you, yeah, like, great. You'll sell transits, but like, and that's, and that, again, it's good for the bottom line, but is it good for the brand? Like, is it building yeah. the brand? Like, you know, like their, their elect, their first electric vehicle announcement in Australia yeah. is the e-transit. Not exactly a Tesla Model 3 rival. Not no. exactly, you know, a Polestar 2 or an Ionic 5. No. Like it's... Oh. Fun fact, though, yeah. you can fit all those cars in the back of one. So, <laughs> it's true. It's look, you know, they have talked about, obviously, a wider rollout of electric vehicles. And oddly, I think you're yeah. probably spot on. We can all agree that um, the marquee is probably going to come here. But, Byron, I think there are some other uh, models. Um, at least just talked about the Maverick. But um, what about the Explorer? Do you think that could work here? Well, yeah, that's, that's a great example there, Tim, because the Explorer like the Toyota Kluger it competes against in the States is an American-made seven-seater um, SUV. Um, the key difference there is that car is actually on a rear-wheel drive platform, um, It's and it comes with hybrids, and it has performance versions such as the ST. It's not built in right-hand drive, and it's no. and that is, of course, the, the big um, sticking point, as, it, it, as is the sticking point with the Ford Maverick, the small car-based ute. Both of those vehicles would be ideal for Australia. Yeah. Um, the market and and the 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 Explorer, which is is nothing like the Explorer we used to get that four by four thing that um, that OJ Simpson oh. used to drive. Was that no? That was a Bronco. No, that was a Bronco. Anyway, Bronco. That was a Bronco. Yeah, that's right. He probably promoted them though. But anyway, going back to the Explorer, that would be that 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 would hit the heart of the market. That would go um, up against Santa Fe's and. Palisades, and it has what Stephen said earlier. It's got that kind of rugged look about it that um, I think you know the market is gravitating towards something that's adventure and lifestyle. It's a great size and it's dynamic. It has Ford DNA um, dynamicism that which we appreciate as motoring journalists and people as owners appreciate when they want a car that's involved into drive. The Maverick, interestingly, is Ford. Uh, North America's um, replacement for the Focus in that it's an inexpensive, uh, urban-based, obviously car-derived front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive hybrid. Now, yes, it's it's an unproven market in this country, but, you know, as Australians, we have a history of having small car-based utes such as the Subaru Brumby. Uh, There's, there's, I think this car would... it might be a slow burn, but I think it would um, it would be one of those cars that would grow and become a pillar for mm. Ford Australia. It, it, it could be a pioneer. You know, yeah, it yeah, a be, pioneer. It That's could right. be a, yeah. you know, like Hyundai could do it with the Santa Cruz. You know, they have their mm. sort of Tucson-based Santa Cruz, which is, from my understanding, is proving a success in, in the U.S. market. Yeah. But they, but, just, but the Maverick is, but, out, is selling like hotcakes yeah, and other yeah, cliches. It, in, I, I don't, um, you know, it's a it's a good-looking thing. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think it was, a, you know, but to me it gets back to I think this is where you maybe the, 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 the you know, the buck stops at Ford Australia is yeah. they're not in a position or they're not, you know, they're just not able to make the case to, to Ford America. I mean, you know, 
So Bronco Sport and Maverick, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, they're still based on the escape platform, right? They're still no, based no, on no. fundamentally the same oh, platform? Well, Bronco fundamentally, yeah, the, the um, escape is on the, uh, sorry, the, the Maverick is on the Folk, the small. I mean, it's, they're all C one platform, but they're derived. all, but they're all, yeah, they're all car based. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, the Bronco for crying out loud is based on the T six platform. That's right. Like um, somehow, we, somehow, yeah. Ford in the US engineered right hand drive out of it. You know, like it's not like it had to be engineered into it. Yeah, they've deliberately yeah. avoided doing it. It's Which like, is nuts. Like so, mm. how? Like there's, I mean, that's one huge job. Like, how did Ford Australia get to the point where we go? Well, can we have it? Because we we developed it. No, you don't get it. We're taking but it I now. Think, you don't get to play with it anymore. Down to competition because the Everest is so strong here. My understanding Maybe. was they didn't want to have that kind of internal competition. Yeah. Yes. Um, Maybe, but but they're different. They're different. They're very, they're, oh, yeah, exactly. 100%. They're very different. And and I think the argument they make is, oh, well, you know, they don't sell many, Jeep doesn't sell many Wranglers. Well, no, but I mean, mm. you're Ford. I mean, you should be able to, yeah. you should have the confidence you're going to outsell Jeep, Jeep, which to be honest, you know, has struggled for the yes. last, you know, 10 years in this market. Yeah, but, like it's, but, but to your point, Stephen, I think Australian consumers won't look at a Bronco Sport and go, oh, this is hardcore like a Wrangler. No. They're going to look at it and go, hang on, this is more suitable uh, to everyday driving, unlike a Wrangler, because the Wrangler is so, so mm. um, you know, such a specific function vehicle. Therefore, it, I could drive it on the uh, to work uh, or pick up the kids during the weekday and then use it for its light off-road duty capabilities on the weekends. To me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah it's, just it's, quickly, boys, yeah. we've got some great comments. Uh, so Stuart Marler's mentioned, so in other words, Ford Australia has problems. The US guys have a full competitive range, just not made right-hand driving imported here. And planes, trains, and dogs and cars says there's heaps of Ford models made in China. Perhaps the plan is to bring in some of them. I mean, can we see that happening in the future? Uh, yes, um, of mm. course. We're, we're a global, we're a global market these days, and um, you know, Chinese cars. Uh, are now accepted. There's no real stigma attached to their quality or their reliability, I think. I mean, the Polestar cars are out of China, um, as as, uh, most of the Volvo range now, period, for Australia. Um, And obviously, as as cost pressures increase and volume um, demands dictate, you know, like big orders, it's it's a natural. And I don't think uh, consumers will care in the end, will they? People don't care that their iPhones are from China. People don't care. Oh, Any, everything's half of Volvo's range is is from China. It's you know, like that's it's just you know. MG that's a great a point, Tim. Yes, thank you. Only Byron, Even though I just made that point a second ago. Um, yes. oh, sorry, I've concentrated but, hey, on the, these things. I heard you, Byron. I was <laughs> listening. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, it's right. been a, it's been a long day with you two. Um, <laughs> look, I, I do want to say though, I, I wonder if some of the blame of some of the models that maybe haven't succeeded for Ford in Australia where Everest and Ranger has. Like how much can we blame, you know, their marketing department? Like, you know, I think we'd all probably agree that the focus, the full focus range is a, was was a fabulous <laughs> car. Like the wagon, even to the base model. I remember I drove it when it launched. I was like, this is such a good car. Yet I don't think I've ever seen a Ford Focus ad like in that current generation. I haven't seen any promotion of that vehicle they just didn't give it a chance. Yes, Otley, you're right. Yeah, small I, I, cars diminishing, but don't you think there needs to be some responsibility on promoting these models that are already not top sellers? And, yeah. and the dealers have a responsibility as well, yeah. not just the marketing team. I have, so, I, I have seen to in their defence. I have seen, I have seen ad, like a lot of. I've had like a lot of like uh, you know like 
online advertising, like YouTube videos and things like that. You'll get an, I've had pop-up ads of okay. like very specific ads. And, and in that, and that kind of does. Are they from Russia or are they? <laughs> no, like very specific. Like if you're thinking of buying a, you know, a Honda CRV two liter VTI two wheel drive, why don't you try instead buy this escape two liter, you know, and it's, they strike me. I mean, they don't strike me as that. They're not like any other automotive ad I see on, on TV or on online. Mm. They're just, mm-hmm. it's a very hyper specific targeted kind of uh, spot, which is different. Maybe their data says it works, but. It's passive and reactionary. Like yeah. what should be progressive and um, bold. Is that mm. what you're, is that what you're, where you're getting at? I guess. I mean, I would argue they should try something different. Because what's that saying about uh, insanity? Just doing the same yeah. thing over and over again, expecting a yeah. different result. Because that's really what we're where we're at. Like, mm. you know, we don't want another endure situation. Yeah, that was a. Tr- I mean, that was a treasure. I drove the um, what are they called the Edge in the US. I drove the Edge mm. ST in the states a few years ago and loved it. You know, and it was mm. it was not a is not a like a you know red hot performance SUV. Any stretch of the imagination, but I had like a turbocharged V six. It was punchy. It looked good. And, you know, again, my argument is it probably could have come here like the Focus and Investor as a bit of a, like a, a, a flagship, or like a hero model, something that's going to drag people into showrooms. And mm. then they might have selected the cheaper, you know, more sensible version, but there was never any hype around Endura. They just sort of, it came out and it went quite quickly and it was just like, like it never really had a chance. Yeah. Like it was bizarre. Yeah. Um, I, 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 back to the comments very quickly. Sorry, Byron. Um, uh, completely taking a model, this is from Zamuro, completely taking a model out for sale makes no sense. Just make the STs limited order per year. Are they bringing in the Puma ST instead? We talked about this briefly before. Does anyone have any intel on that? I have not heard anything to mm, that effect. No, no, no. But you know what? There are EV vehicles coming from Ford. Uh, they've said yeah, so. I, a bunch. Yeah, I th- we're not talking about the, the, sorry, we're not talking about the transit and, um, you know, the Mackie. I'm talking about there will be, Passenger car sized EVs, yes, in collaboration with Volkswagen, Volkswagen that yeah. will be coming, and there probably will be um, performance versions of those. So this won't be the end of the Ford Performance line. And Ford Performance is a division in itself that produces yeah. a Raptor and a whole bunch of other vehicles um, around the world. So uh, fingers crossed, we will get EVs that are high performance. Um, mm. Fingers crossed, we get the Puma ST. But um, right now, it's it's just pretty much yeah. Ranger. Oh, yeah. I look, you know, as, as Tim mentioned, we're not trying to bash Ford here. No. And I think, you know, Byron makes a good point. There are these cars that are potentially coming. Nothing's been confirmed. But the potential for Ford in the future, particularly an electric future with, yeah, these these um, electric vehicles they're developing with Volkswagen, you know, the similar platform that the, the ID3 and ID4 are based on, you know, in addition to the likes of the marquee, they've got F one fifty coming mm. next year. F one fifty Lightning is probably, you know, av- you know, eventually destined for for here. You know, there there is hope. You know, there is yeah. this uh, there is hope on the mm. horizon, um, and hope. But you know, they've really got to get those cars here and then sell them. In, yeah. in you know, like yeah. it can't just be another Focus ST or or like say Focus all over mm. again. Mm. But certainly there is there's yeah. there's certainly potential and 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 hope in the future. And look, on that note, we will have to wrap up the Ford conversation. We've got a few other things to get through, but thank you, boys, for your insights 
on that front. Uh, and we're going to try a little new thing this week. It is a weekly news wrap, so looking at some of the biggest news stories this week. And, of course, if you go to carsguide.com.au, you can find all of these stories and more uh, online right now. Um, I'll kick it off because I'm the host and I can do what I want. <laughs> um, we had VFAX, which is Australia's new vehicle sales data lob this week, um, not not a huge amount of massive surprises, as you guys know. The the chip shortage and the supply issues are really having an impact. So the sales are like this: like one week a company's going great guns, and the next minutes in the doldrums. Um, Mazda really down. They're, they're back to number two. They were pushed to number four last month. They are back, but they're still down by eleven percent. Hyundai and Kia. Hyundai were down, have been down all year. They have made quite a dramatic comeback, and I think they're selling a lot of Tucson's. Um, Kia doing really, really well. Interestingly, MG down by 9%, which we haven't seen much uh, kind of decline from them since really they started pushing the market really hard. Mm. Um, but, their, but their pricing has jumped up and I think that might be something. Well, because their supply is pretty good. So there's, uh, there's yeah. some reason there for sure. Mm. This is a question actually I raised uh, with them, I believe, earlier this year is they don't have a whole heck of a lot coming either. Like they've got the, the cars that they've had, the ZS and the HS and the 3, you know, like they've sold a lot of those in the last 18 months. Mm. They might have run out of people to sell them to. They might have, you know, there's a limited amount of people that really want to buy a, an MG SUV or a small car yeah. and, you yeah. know, you've got to find, find something new. Mm. Absolutely. Um yeah, so look, year to date, we are sales are down 4.5%. Um, check out the full story online if you want all of that detail. Byron Matthew Darkus, yes, uh, a little yes. bit of uh, Mitsubishi news. That's right. So, um, look, Mitsubishi's ASX is a perennial favourite amongst uh, fleet buyers and people looking for a bargain uh, 2007 Lancer-based car, um, which obviously means it's getting old. The next generation model will um, be unveiled shortly, so keep an eye on carsguide.com.au for uh, breaking news there. Um, the thing is, it's not going to be what the current ASX is. It's going to be based on a probably, probably well, it will be based on uh, Nissan, Renault, Mitsubishi Alliance, um, global big segment platform. Uh, I suspect it's going to be smaller. It's probably going to be it's going to be built at a Renault factory, so probably out of Europe. But then Renault also does have a factory in Korea with its um, Samsung um, affiliate. But it will be probably a lot more like the um, Nissan Duke and the rather excellent uh, Renault Captur in that it's going to be smaller. It's going to have probably a turbo. Um, a turbo petrol engine rather than that, you know, that big lusty two litre and 2.4 litre unit that the current A6 has. And it's going to be a very eco focused, urban based, um, mm. probably premium ish. Well, that's the big question, though, Byron. Is it, is it coming here? Do we uh, know that? Well, the A6 brand value is extremely high. Um, Mitsubishi has a history of, um, of uh, uh, resting. Um, nameplates and then reintroducing them often mm. on cars that are nothing alike. Like, yeah. uh, one that brings to mind is, of course, the Mirage. Um, the old M mm. Mirage was a classic, and the one that was just discontinued was Putrid. So um, <laughs> that's uh, uh, so we don't surely know. They have, the surely they have to have ASX, right? Yeah, I, that's it. The, you'd think that. You'd I guess the that. big question, though, is if you bring it onto a newer platform and the, 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 the success of the current car 
is arguably built on the fact that it is so old. They're able yeah. to they've amortized their cost. They're probably yeah, that, yeah, and it won't machinery, be cheap. The stamping yeah. machinery, so it won't be cheap. And it's it's yeah. really been led by success yeah. has been built on the back of its price. But so, fun, but fun fact about the um, but the ASX, it was meant to be been replaced by the Eclipse Cross, but uh, ASX sales were so strong that they still went ahead with its replacement and pushed that slightly further up market. But they have the same wheelbase and they share. Mm. essentially the same components underneath mm. bar the engine. Um, and, of course, the body and the interior is completely different. But um, Mitsubishi doesn't owe us another ASX. It, it essentially is here with the Eclipse Cross. Mm. So what this would be would be a new type of Mitsubishi. That's the bottom line. This will be a little SUV yeah. Mitsubishi, something we have not seen since the demise of the brilliant but underrated uh, Pajero, uh, uh, Mini Pajero. Well, remember the that IO? Yeah, IO, the Pajero yes. EO, that little Pininfarina design classic from the late 90s. Great thing. And FYI, future classic. You heard future it here. Future classic, first. he says. Now, look, moving on to the very yeah. last uh, news story, Stephen yeah. Otley, for what is happening with the Land Cruiser 70 series? Yeah, for some reason, I get the bad news. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the service series, brace yourself, uh, Land Cruiser lovers, because this 70 series is officially. Uh, not on sale anymore. They have, uh, I believe the phrase they've used is paused uh, mm. orders um, due to, quote, unquote, extended wait times. And I think we've heard some examples of it being up to four years, which, to be fair, is a pretty long wait time. I'd maybe wait for a, you know, that's typically the kind of wait lit times you hear for, the you know, some sort of limited edition Ferrari hypercar, yeah. like as opposed to, a 70 series Land Cruiser. So, yeah. um, I mean, it's amazing. It's still, I mean, it's still going strong and it's still demand. I guess it's, it's the classic, you know, 2022 problem of supply chain crisis, semiconductor shortage. Although I don't know, does it not predate semiconductors? <laughs> um, I think it might. Yeah. Um, you know what? It shocks me how many people still ask me, oh, when are you going to get a 79 series for, for you to drive? My 16-year-old nephew asked me that yesterday. Oh. He goes, oh, yeah, you've got a Lance, you've got a Land Cruiser 300 series outside of Sahara, but I don't care about that. What about mm -hmm. the 79 series? That thing is enduring. And if they oh, yeah. say they're pausing it, maybe they will restart production. Why wouldn't they? It's been in production yeah. since 1984 or 83 or whatever. So I, I, I think yeah. that I think the point Toyota tried to make was uh, you know, it's certainly open-ended. You know, they want yeah. it, they want it, they need to clear a backlog. There's a yeah. there's obviously, yeah, if it's blowing out, uh, you know, they've I mean, I, I would imagine that it is multiple years, right? We've heard we've heard wait times for RAV4 blowing out 18 mm. months. So I would imagine it's significantly more than that. And so, yeah, clear the backlog, you know, while you can, but then, like, you know, you can bring it back. I, maybe, I don't Toyota should, maybe Toyota should just go on holidays for the next year. Like, stop making cars. <laughs> just Everyone, just take the rest of the <laughs> – yeah. they're the richest company yeah. in the world pretty much. Take the yeah. rest of the year off. Let, you know, let the orders get, you know, and then – Start yeah, again. We'll see. Look, we've got one more comment. Uh, the Atomizer says, four-year wait is nothing. The 70 series looks like it's from the 80s. I would argue it looks like it's from the 60s, but... Just look, like you. It's all in the eye of the hole. Exactly Just right. like you. But look, with that, we have come <laughs> to the end of the show. Uh, Byron Mathiodakis, Stephen Otley, thank you both very much for being on today. Oh, oh thank you, Tommy. Excellent. Did somebody call me Timmy? I will. I called you Tammy. No, okay. Mm. Well, that's okay. After um, Tammy thanks, thanks, Notch James. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. 
Thank you to production megastar Brett Sullivan and publishing guru Matthew Pritchard. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please feel free to subscribe to the Cars Guide YouTube channel. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so check us out there. Or you can email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. RIP, Focus and Fiesta. Uh, James Clear will be back next week. So until then, take care on the road and thank you for tuning in.